Welcome to Bound by Books. I'm Sherry Hayes, and I write steamy contemporary romance and BDSM erotic romance. And today I'm joined by Tina Moss. Hello, I'm sci-fi romance author Tina Moss. And yeah, uh, how, what are we what are we doing today, Sherry? How's this week going? I feel like we are just both. I, I every time we podcast together, we say the same thing, but it's always true because our work schedules are so crazy. But how is your week going? fast <laughs> very yep. very fast it is I, it's flying by and i'm just like um yeah <laughs> where did the time go um but it is beautiful here today in ohio we are um we're getting some gorgeous spring weather in the middle of february well in the beginning of february really nice. um but hey i'm not complaining it's uh it's great i was able to turn my heater off nice it's that nice out so it's like woohoo we're into um in the 50s here today in new york um last week weekend rather was the super frigid cold but i was away in california so i got to beat that cold weather <laughs> <laughs> you got to miss out on all that yeah, yeah. so yeah, I, I i'm i'm pretty happy about that not going to lie Mm, yeah that is one of the advantages to california they have some pretty good weather out there that they um, do <laughs> unlike unlike those of us in the midwest and the east coast that just get hammered and oh. cold and oh we've had the they're saying we've had the lightest winter on record in terms of snow and i'm kind of dreading every time i hear that because i'm like oh god please don't jinx it don't jinx it <laughs> I was just say we've gotten quite a bit of snow here this Have year. You? Um, we, I mean, not tons and tons, but more than average, yes. Ugh. Um, because we've had, we've had three significant snowfalls this this year, and um, each of them have been about five six inches. Okay. And yeah. I mean, we we usually don't get um more than I mean, if we get a foot snow total the whole winter, then it's a lot that's a lot for us um and we usually only get it in like one or two major snowfalls like everything else is just dustings and stuff like that um but we've gotten that major snow you know three significant snowfalls plus a bunch of dustings oh wow so yeah we've we've gotten we've definitely gotten <laughs> more um and we actually had a blizzard a mini blizzard but it was a blizzard okay. this year so one day where it was just um yeah it, it wasn't it was like about six inches of snow but then it was like really really windy too it was like 50 mile an hour winds oh not so fun. um like everything shut down like everything <laughs> like the entire like even the city of columbus which is my net closest major city even they shut down and that's like almost not her i mean that's that just almost never happens see um that's so, so. funny because here i mean my cousin works for sanitation and he was upset that we didn't get snow because our sanitation department does our snow removal mm. and when snow removal they get uh overtime pay they get and snow differential and all that so they get extra money so he's like i didn't make as much money this year because we haven't gotten any snow <laughs> yeah that would be a downside i can see that i can see that yeah our, our guys around here have not had that problem <laughs> they they have definitely got some overtime because like I said, that that one where we had the blizzard, I mean, it was a, it was basically a three day snow event mm -hmm. that I mean, they were 
they were out constantly for three days yeah just trying to because every time because of the wind every time they'd get the roads cleared it would it would drift it back again. over and they'd have to do it again so Boy. and it how are crazy. things going was, on uh the writing front uh they suck let's just be lunch about it they suck um yeah it yeah it was just last week i sat down to try to write in the morning um which is what i have been doing this year and i i I get about 200 words in an hour oh wow it's not good yeah not good at all i mean it's still words but yeah that's that's on the slower side for me too yeah and i mean yeah because if i'm if if words are really flowing i mean thousand 1300 something like that in an hour um so yeah 200 just really not good I'm not sorry. good at all but yeah um but i'm i am one of those that um way a pantser mm-hmm. so i don't have it in my head ahead of time and two i'm kind of a perfectionist so if, if a sentence doesn't read right to me i'll go back and fix it like 10 times until i'm happy with it before mm-hmm. i move on so yeah that slows the writing down pretty significantly when it's not um not flowing very right. well what about you have you I know you have kind of a project that yes. you're supposed to be working on. So have you made any progress with that? I see it's so hard to get motivated because like I have half of it done. So I have about 35,000 words done. So I just keep having in my head, but like half of it's done, half of it's done. And so it's been, I, I can't seem to break this mindset. So I went back, I did start to go into it and revise it because it does need a little bit of revising before I can move to the second half of it. But I think I have to get that out of my head and like really get myself on a deadline because like Marianne, you know, we we are those hostage deadlines. I need to give myself mm-hmm. a firm hostage deadline to really get the motivation flowing um, because right now it's not. <laughs> yeah, I got to get back on my, um, I've got to kind of get back on my schedule because like I said, I had yeah. that. I had that huge like setback last week where it just was not flowing. And then um, we've been so busy outside of my right, the writing business with everything else mm-hmm. that I'm just like, <sighs> I have no, like my brain is, my mind is just not where it needs to be. And I'm, I think I'm going to have to um, go somewhere to, right. do, to take my laptop somewhere and, and try to get back in the groove because it's just I'm not able to focus the way I need to with the right energy here in the mm-hmm. house um, at the moment. Yeah. So I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to have to be taking the trip to the library, library. or a local Cafe. coffee shop or something yeah. like that. Well, a to, new environment uh, can see. definitely help. Yeah, it really can. Um, and I've done it before when I've, you know, been on deadlines and stuff like that. Um, it's just not always convenient to then you know pick up and actually physically have to go somewhere especially sure. in winter sure <laughs> um but uh yeah i i need to start making some progress because i think i've only written like two thousand words in the last two weeks yeah and that's not good yeah that is not good at all so <laughs> hard man so it is well but, you know the writing struggle kind of flows into a little bit of what we're talking about today it uh, does look more at the reader perspective but We are going to talk about why people DNF or do not finish 
a book. So yeah. Sherry, have have you ever DNF'd a book? Oh yes. Yes, I have. I have. Um I've DNF books all the way from um I've there's most books I DNF within the first couple chapters. Mm-hmm. Um, but there there haven't there was one book that I didn't DNF until 80% in. <laughs> wow. Um yeah. So um but yeah, most most books, like I said, most books, the vast majority, because we won't talk really too much about that outlier because there mm-hmm. were very specific reasons about that. But um the most books are D- IDNF are, like I said, a, within a few chapters. And mm-hmm. and it is usually because of one of two reasons. I either cannot connect with characters at all. Like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like, you have not made me care about these characters one iota. They could all fall off a cliff tomorrow and I won't care. And I know you have or- a number two, but can I ask you a little bit oh, about sure. that for a second? Because sure. I'm curious. So- you say you do not care about these characters. Can you pinpoint like what was lacking in the writing maybe that made you not care about that? Usually it's um okay. I would say the it's maybe I'll have to explain this, but I would document it as being too clinical. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um what I mean by that is it's he did this, she did that, they did this. Um, she went here, they went there, you know, this happened, this happened, but you haven't made, you haven't created that emotional, the author has not created that emotional connection that I need. Like, I don't understand this customers or customers. Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Characters, this character's motivation or reason for doing something. Like if, if, if somebody, somebody, you know, if somebody say somebody broke into their, into their apartment. Okay. Yeah, that's horrible. Mm-hmm. But you haven't like I don't I'm not feeling the person's nerves or terror or you know anything like that. If I am not feeling their things like if it's just like oh somebody broke into this apartment and some of my stuff is missing and <laughs> um maybe I should call the police or should I? I don't know. I mean it, it's it's like okay you don't seem like you're all that scared. Yeah. You know, and that, you, that makes sense to me because I'm a very character driven person as well. And nothing drives me more crazy when there's like a really fantastic plot line and I would love to keep reading or it's very, you know, intriguing from a plot mm-hmm. perspective, but the characters are wooden or the characters are, you know, very one dimensional. That's just like, mm-hmm. it, it's the quickest thing to take me out of a story for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have to make me, um, you have to make me care. Like, I mm-hmm. mean, there's no way to get around that. You have to make me as a reader care about this. If not the character itself, the situation that your character is in, mm-hmm. why should I care about that? Now, if, you know, again, that same scenario, somebody breaks into their apartment. If you start telling me that they've been getting, you know, you know, they've been feeling like somebody has been stalking them and they have this, you know, history of, you know, even if it's like only a short history, you know, the last month, you know, something's been going on or they've had this bad breakup and then they met this person. I mean, set something up for me, make me care, Mm -hmm. make me want to keep turning that page. Right. Because if you don't do that, I'm not going to. Yeah. 
And I think like you said, that can be something as simple as like, give me a little bit of their backstory or give me, you know, how do they feel about somebody breaking into their house? And, Mm -hmm. and not from like a, Uh, like you said before a clinical perspective but like a visceral perspective I want to get into their emotion it is that's a scary Mm -hmm. thing to have happen so I would expect the person to be scared and if they're not scared which could also be intriguing then I want to know why you know yeah yeah and it's it goes and that kind of it kind of goes back to the showing versus telling although Mm -hmm. sometimes you do have to just tell something um you know there are instances where that and there's some things just to move the plot along you need to just say this is you know say hey the walls are blue you know or Mm -hmm. something like that but you really need to show make me feel what the character is feeling make me want to make me understand why this is significant why this is important and i will kind of do a little side note to that um because again talking about the clinical stuff specific to the romance genre because it's Mm -hmm. what we both write is another thing that will really make me consider DNFing um, is if we are three chapters into the story and I haven't met the love interest. Mm. Yep. That is a tough one. And I mean, because to me, that's the same. It fits in that same bucket. It's not, it's, this is a romance. So therefore you, you need another party in here. And that's Um, going back to your genre expectations. Like so many, I think so many newer writers uh, make this mistake where they want to write in a certain genre, but they don't necessarily know all the conventions of the genre. And they just kind of write their story, you know, however it comes into their head, which is not bad. But when you have readers who expect certain things like meeting the love interest early on, and then not getting that can be, you know, can be a cause to DNF a book for sure. For most right, romance I mean, readers. Right, right. I mean, it's it's so different really if you're marketing something as a steamy contemporary romance or, you know, for your your sexy sci-fi romances. And then nothing happens. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the hate mail that I would get if, you know, all of my alien smut faded to black (laughs) but i mean i mean think well yeah because think about it if you did all because you do a lot of tiktoks you're a big tiktok person if you did all these tiktoks talking about these vibrating alien pickles and you never then they pick up one of your book and then, (laughs) then they pick up your book and they go through the hole. There's no vibrating how dare you tina You know, so yeah, it's reader expectations. I mean, you know, if you put a bunch of tags on your book that say, or your blurb, if you put in your blurb, you know, hot, you know, romance or, you know, steamy or spicy or any of those words that signal to a reader that, you know, they're going to be reading. Again, same in other genres, you're talking about, you know, if you present something as a fantasy romance and it's a straight historical Mm -hmm. you're gonna have a problem yeah knowing the genre is so important that's actually you know it's funny um on tiktok colleen hoover's book uh, it ends with us there was a big debate on that because the publisher was marketing it as romance and from all intensive purposes it's really women's fiction because it's about, you know, a domestic violence situation and a survivor of that and 
ending generational trauma essentially there is mm-hmm. there's nothing really romantic about it um the romance comes from like later on and and right. you know, no spoilers but the woman leaving that situation it's it's not your traditional romance mm-hmm. like same thing with nicholas sparks who is you know we've said many times he does not write romance novels he writes love stories because romances need happily ever after or at least happy for now so i think right you know dnfing because genre expectations are not met or they're not marketed or it's marketed in the incorrect way is a totally valid reason and many readers will do it right exactly now i know when you started writing your alien romance series you did a lot of research on the genre (laughs) you know and i mean i did i mean i didn't do it quite in the same way you did obviously because you specifically went and looked at you know did a lot of like read hundreds of books i think you said um that were in that genre I took a little bit of a different approach because I just happened to read a lot of that genre. Mm-hmm. So again, same difference. You did the same thing. You read a lot of it. I just did it over years and you kind of did it in a more condensed period of time. But reading in that genre that you wanted to write, that you want to write in and learning what the consistencies are, mm-hmm. like like the happily ever after or the happily for now. If your book does not end in one of those two things, it is not a romance. Exactly. I don't, you know, you can argue. I have seen people argue. Argue till you blue in the face. You're still that, wrong. You <laughs> and they're still wrong because it's not. If if your hero dies at the end of your book. Right. Leaving the heroine alone, that is not a romance. It doesn't yep. mean it's not a good story. Don't be wrong. You can have an amazing story with, you know, some of my favorite Uh, books of all time are not in the romance genre Mm -hmm. and it's just because they're they have those visceral reactions they have connected with me in an emotional way and there are some that have romantic threads through them Mm -hmm. but again if your hero or heroine dies at the end of the book it is not a romance. It does not Absolutely. meet the genre expectations for a romance. And you are going to get some nasty reviews. Exactly. If you market that as a romance. It's well, one of the is... reasons I don't like Nicholas Sparks. Right. He, he likes to he, kill people. He writes he writes love stories, period. And you can argue like Romeo and Juliet. The tragic mm-hmm. love story. It's not a romance. Right. Um, exactly. And that's kind of how we got urban fantasy, too, is we, yeah. we had paranormal romance and then we kind of had this offshoot genre of the strong female character where we really did it didn't necessarily or a strong male character, but mostly female in these books um, that didn't necessarily need a romantic plot line to it or romantic subplot. Mm-hmm. They can have it, but it was really more about the the fantasy elements and the fighting elements and the really you know the the badass uh heroine more action adventure yeah exactly exactly and i i think that came from okay we have these specific genre expectations in paranormal romance but here's the story i want to tell that's more of a you know action adventure like you said so Mm -hmm. that created a whole new genre because Mm -hmm. again if you're if you're gonna write genre fiction, you gotta meet reader expectations. Right, of that and genre. I and I think that's that's I get the pushback that I always hear on that is is basically kind of a like, well, readers should be looking for something new. It's like, but should they? 
I mean, really, because the whole point of them picking up genre fiction is because they are in the mood to read that genre. Right. It's the same thing as like, if I want to go and read a historical romance, I expect, I don't expect it to be the same as a contemporary or a paranormal because they have different genre expectations. Now, granted, they're all romance, so they all end, you know, have the expectations of an HEA or an Happy for Now, but the actual other genre expectations outside of the romance are different. And I expect them to have those differences in them. Um, you know, if yeah. you're gonna if you're gonna put an Uber feminist in a historical romance. You had better be making this person have some serious societal backlash. Yeah. Because I, historically, that's the way it was. It's right. not, it, where, whereas you can get away with having that with not a whole lot of backlash in a contemporary or even right. a paranormal. I mean, but unless again, you're in like a, a, a historical matriarchal society, which you right. know, you're going back much further. If you're in the Regency era, for example, like that's right. probably not going to work. Um, right. Exactly. Yeah. And I think about like with genre expectations too, if for some reason I feel like there's more pushback with romance in particular, because you never hear like this about horror, like, oh, all of a sudden, you know, you shouldn't have something horrific in horror, right? Because it's the horror genre. And for and you can make tweaks and bring originality to the genre. I think about when the Blair Witch Project came out years ago and started essentially the whole found footage subgenre of horror, which was not really a thing before that. There might right. might have been, but that was really the the catalyst for that subgenre mm-hmm. of horror. So I think there is ways to bring originality and newness to a genre. But you, but like for example, with the Blair Witch, the Blair Witch is still scary. It's still horrific. Right. It still well, falls it, within the conventions of yeah, the genre. Yeah, it still has. It still hits all of these genre expectations. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the same with romance. There are certain expectations, but you have a lot of, you know, variation within that. You just have to make sure you hit those genre expectations. You've got to make sure the care the, the couple meets in, you know, fairly early in the story, like mm-hmm. within the first, you know, few chapters, at least you really the first couple of chapters. And you have to have an HEA. Mm-hmm. You know, there has to be some sort of, a, you know, a conflict tension. Or, yeah. or tension or something that's, you know, a will, you know, a pushback, you know, type of a thing, some sort of obstacle they have to overcome. Right. Other than that, in the romance, in the general romance, you're pretty much can do what you want. But yeah. there is a reason also why we have BDSM romance. We mm-hmm. have paranormal romance. We have you know, sweet romance. We those all have their own individual genre or subgenre expectations. Right. You so, can't put, you know, an erotic scene in a sweet romance. Like you just can't it you, you can't do it. <laughs> it changes what the genre is. Yeah, you're, because you're it, gonna get yeah. huge backlash, huge, you know, uh yeah. negative reviews from readers if they finish the book at all. Yeah, I and I think part some of that, um is that because romance is such a popular uh, genre, mm-hmm. especially from a financial perspective, um, you know, because, you know, romance readers spend more money per capita, you know, yep. every year than any other genre, than on any other genre. Um, I think so many people are like, they see that dollar sign and they're like, oh, I want access to that. Right. I want access to that readership. So I'm going to figure out how 
how to put my book in a romance genre, but then they don't understand the genre expectations because they don't really read in that genre. They don't truly write in that genre, but they want, they're like, oh, well, well, my book has, has this romance in it. Mm -hmm. So I can stick it in the romance, you know, I can make it a romance, but it's like, just because you have a romantic subplot does not make it a romance because- absolutely. Again, love story and romance are two completely different things. So yeah, yeah. I, I, and you know, it's interesting when it comes to DNFing a book. Years, if you would have asked me years ago if I would ever DNF a book, I would have said absolutely not. I will read it all the way through. I will stick it out even if I'm not enjoying it. Um, that very quickly changed in the last couple years as mm-hmm. I read a lot more per year than I than I had before. Um, but recently I had a situation that was interesting and I've never DNF for this reason before. So I had an author, um, reach out to me who also does a podcast and asked me to come on her podcast. Um, and in exchange, would I blurb her book? So I was reading the book and I didn't realize that this was not the first book in series. This was a sequel. So it was a little challenging to begin with because I didn't have the backstory from the first Mm -hmm. book. But I decided, you know, I'll figure it out as I read along. I got about six chapters in and all of a sudden there is a character in that book who had been um, sexually assaulted and had a child as a result. Mm. And all of a sudden in this chapter, um, the person who had assaulted her comes back and this man uh, is now like in a negotiating slash superior position to her so she has to kind of like pretend that this didn't happen and I was immediately like trick and I hate you know this word is is taken out of context but just for the the context of the podcast I do have PTSD and I was triggered by this immediately Mm -hmm. and I was like I I you know I I spoke to the author I said hey I'm so sorry, but there's there's just no way that I can continue with this. And I have never been triggered in that way before, mm-hmm. regardless of what I've read or watched. But at, it was such a visceral reaction that I was like, there's mm-hmm. no way I cannot continue with that. So wow. I think, you know, in that respect, triggers obviously are a huge reason to DNF a book. It's why in recent years we've come out with trigger warnings on books. And I know that's still a bit of a controversial topic, but I think it's becoming more normalized. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody's responsible for their own triggers. So I don't, you know, no onus on the author with right, that. Right, right. It's but kind it, of, I mean, it, yeah. yeah, it, yeah. I mean, you've got to, again, I think the reason why it's kind of become a controversy is because there's, I'll just touch on this briefly because I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but it's kind of like a, some other things in society it, these days is that something, it's been overused. And right. it has lost its, it's lost a lot of its um, impact because you yeah. have people saying, you know, trigger warning, this has an HEA. It's like, right. come on. You I know, know. It, it's very infuriating for me too, honestly. And again, we'll, we won't dive too deep into this, but it is very frustrating when I hear people say like, oh, I didn't get my cup of coffee on time. I was so triggered. I'm like, no, that's not, that's not how that word works. Right. That's not what that means at all. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like, you know, I, I get certain things. I mean, because again, I have a trigger warning on one of my books, only mm-hmm. one. Um, and it is because they, 
I graphically describe like having her relive being tortured and raped Mm -hmm. like graphically um she has a flash she has several flashbacks it goes through there's some serious language in it and I'm like okay to me this is like if you had if you experienced any type of a similar situation you could potentially be triggered because this is very visceral um especially being that this was the third book in my finding Anna series so anybody reading that has most likely read the first two books which we do kind of touch on this on her past trauma but this is a really like boom you're you're getting into that in detail and i'm like yeah i just feel would feel more comfortable if at least it's there exactly and people can know that hey this is gonna this is gonna really kind of deep dive deep down um but yeah that's a that's a good i mean that is a good reason to dnf because if you it starts talking about things that you are not comfortable with mm-hmm. you know that's things i mean the book i did re- dnf at 80 percent for me it, w- it was a bdsm book mm-hmm. and i'm very very picky about my bdsm stories um to make sure that they're accurate and that what i'm depicting is a healthy bdsm relationship and I was on the fence with this book throughout because I wasn't really quite sold on this, uh, the hero being a dominant mm-hmm. or a good dominant, even though the author kept saying, oh, he's a good dom, he's a good dom. Mm. He's a dom. And um, he did something unsafe, mm. 80% in, like really unsafe, like yeah. could have caused permanent harm to his submissive oh, gosh. if he, you know, did it. And I was like, nope, I'm done. I didn't really care. I wasn't really sold on this guy in the first place. Now I'm definitely I'm, not sold. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm not reading anymore. I know it's 80%. I could probably push through, but I'm done. Um, so yeah. 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 So yeah, there's there's lots of reasons things. So um, kind of shifting back to my second reason, mm-hmm. which I think is something you will probably be able to relate to a lot, and that is editing. Oh my gosh. Editing. Yeah. So I I have a little bit of grace for this in terms of like how much there is and what types of editing issues Mm -hmm. there are. Because listen, even when you are going through traditional publishing, let's say, and you've gone through, you know, several editing passes, even, you know, traditional or indie, honestly, Mm -hmm. there's still most likely something's going to slip through, right? There's something... It's going to be like, you know, a, a wrong verb usage or an incorrect grammar. Something will happen. Missing inevitably. word. That kind yeah. Of thing, yeah. So stuff like that, when it's grammatical and it's it's not through, you know, prevalent throughout the story, um, that's mm-hmm. kind of like not a big deal to me. It happens all the time. It's when there's like, we talked about this a little bit before, the glaring plot hole. That's a rough one for me to get past. <laughs> glaring, yeah, glaring plot hole. But I will say even grammatical errors, again, kind of what you said before, it depends on how prevalent they are. Exactly. Because if I've read just one chapter and there are, and I've been taken out of the story 10 times because mm-hmm. of grammar or spelling or you know, missing words or whatever, that's a lot in one chapter. Yeah. And, for sure. I, and I'm like, it, not, it doesn't give me high expectations for the rest of the story. So I'm like, do I want to continue? It, it puts me in a position where I'm like, okay, is this story, is the story itself 
intriguing enough for me Mm -hmm. to deal with these grammatical and spelling and all this stuff errors or is it not and i will say that after one chapter for most books it's not going to be because you one chat i would say with very few exceptions one chapter isn't enough for me to be hooked on a story. It's why I usually give a story at least three chapters mm-hmm. to really hook me because I want to meet all the all the players. I want to meet the heroine. I want to meet the hero. I want to see at least an interaction, a good interaction between the two of them before I decide if I'm going to be invested in the story itself. Right. And usually in most romances, you know, you're introduced to one character and you maybe meet the the sec you know the other character at the end of chapter one or even the beginning of the second chapter something like that Mm -hmm. um so you really don't have a good interaction with them for at least two or three chapters Mm -hmm. i usually give it that so after one chapter if you've just completely blown you know the editing is just so horrendous yeah um I also had one I read that I DNF, well, the one I DNF'd where the sentence structure was, it was the same cadence over mm, and over and over. So there's no variation between the- No, and I was oh, like, no. I was like, I can't read oh, 80,000 no. words of this. I just can't, <laughs> I can't, sorry. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's so Continuity much- errors for me also really bug me. I have this, it's I guess it's not a bad habit, but it's one of the noise the heck out of my husband is that when we're watching movies and when there's a continuity error, like I immediately my my eye just gravitates toward it and mm-hmm. I have to talk about it. And he's like, just watch the movie. I'm like, I can't. It's so irritating. It's yeah, just, I, I yeah. have the same issue. I actually because I don't see it as much with my own stories, obviously, because, mm-hmm. you know, the way I, that I write. Um, So I actually have a beta reader. Who also can no- notices continuity issues a lot <laughs> she's very good at that <laughs> yeah and sorry so, if you're watching on youtube yeah. i had to turn on the lights because it's getting very dark in here and my face was just getting dark. Uh, that's okay <laughs> so. um yeah so but yeah i mean she so she reads it and reads through it before it goes to my editor to try to catch continuity issues uh-huh. and um yeah it, i mean you know she'll pick up on the weirdest things sometimes um, like she picked up on, um, in my last story, I had made my, um, my character's youngest son, 22 mm-hmm. and mentioned his, uh, his college graduation. Mm-hmm. But then I said something, I can't remember what it was, but I said something later and she goes, well, did you mean his high school graduation? Because if he was this age, this would not line up with this. With- and it was something so small that most people wouldn't have picked up but she right. picked up on it so i was like okay well we're gonna have to go yeah back i should i should say that. if it was something small like that that wouldn't bother me but a lot of the times like mm-hmm. in some of the movies we just watched too like there were so like such big errors that like mm-hmm. i i just couldn't look past it could not suspend the disbelief it, it bugged the heck out of me but but it's also a personal yeah. pet peeve but yeah, it's one of the things I actually really enjoyed about Top Gun Maverick. Mm-hmm. They I did a really. Oh! <laughs> have you watched? Did you watch? Did you watch the original Top Gun? So this is funny. I I'm not a big Tom Cruise fan. 
right. so I never watched the original Top Gun. My husband just made me watch it recently. Um, okay. I'm sorry for all the Top Gun fans out there, but I don't think the movie holds up very well. I have heard that Top Gun Maverick is incredible, though, so mm-hmm. I will watch it. But the original, I was I was not blown away by. Yeah. yeah. Well, a remember that this was made was made thirty years ago. Yes. Yes. So we have to kind of remember that thirty year old movies. Special, this was special not effects were not quite the same, and the budget wasn't quite the same. But yeah, this it was really good. But the, they did really well though with the continuity. Nice. Like they did a lot of tie-ins with the original movie. And um, that were really, really good. Um, so, yeah, but continuity is a big thing, especially if, like you said, there's glaring things. Like yeah. Big, huge things. Like- so I would say from a writer perspective, like things to think about that we talked about just as a little mini recap, uh, meeting genre expectations, managing uh, triggers. And that's that's really on the reader. But in terms of managing triggers for your book, like, decide is it something that i want to include noting that people may dnf like for example there is um a scene in aliens captive for me that i did feel was important it's a it's a torture scene it is off the page so i don't describe it in graphic detail but it, it felt like it needed to be in the story and it was an important part of it um making sure that your book is well edited for both grammar and continuity issues mm-hmm. uh yeah those are i think our big ones <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. I I think and I and from an author perspective cuz we've kind of talked just in general about DNFing. Mm-hmm. And the reason we decided to do this topic today because the podcast is mainly directed towards authors, um although we do touch on reader uh reader issues as well, but this one is important for authors when they're you know, so they can keep this in mind. Mhm. You know, we want readers to read our books and we want them to enjoy our books. Yep. And so understanding why readers don't finish your book. It's important. Um, is important to know. And and that's fine. If you choose to do something and you know, go into it knowing that this is something in this story that may um, cause a reader to DNF. Again, my finding in a series is a certainly a perfect example of that because of the subject matter in the story there are people it's just not the right story for them they're mm-hmm. they're going to dnf it because they do not like the subject matter um, but i also try to make that very clear in the blurb as right. to what they're getting into <laughs> Uh, so there is no, you know, misinterpretation of what the subject is. Exactly. But from an author perspective, you do need to be aware of that. You need to be aware of, um, if it's something that you can fix with Mm -hmm. genre expectations, editing, um, or is it something you just need to kind of prepare yourself for? Um, because the more controversial your subject matter is, the more likely you are going to get negative reviews or DNFs Absolutely. just because of the nature of the beast. Yeah. So... And just remember that not every book is for every reader. So it doesn't really matter in a way how you write your book in terms of those those trigger issues. Because, you know, like Sherry said, the more controversial, yes, the more issues will arise. But that doesn't mean there's not readers out there for it. But I'm Finding Anna is the perfect example. You're finding Anna series. That's your most popular series. Yes. Yes. So that yeah. that's just a perfect example of how there is a book for every reader, as long as you're, you know, making sure that it's it's the best book that you can put out. Right. And that you're not just uh kicking readers with the genre convention things, that you're not putting out something yeah. that is, you know, that you call a romance that's not really a romance. 
Yeah. So this is just kind of, you know, again, we just want to kind of wanted to touch on this subject matter because, um, you know, there's no, I get a lot of newbie authors that, um, they, they get DNFs and they don't understand why. Mm -hmm. And this hopefully has given some, um, understanding or some, you know, reasoning as to why and some of it's stuff that you can fix exactly you know if you have continuity issues fix them fix them. If you have you know spelling and grammar issues fix them if you need to have a trigger warning on your on your book add then it. add it um if you know if you need to change your genre uh so the genre expectations are met fix it yep um there are things you can do to minimize it um so you know hopefully this has helped yeah, I think we did good. <laughs> I think so too. I All think right. So too. Well, thank you so much for joining us this week in uh, another Bound by Books episode, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Bound by Books podcast. For more information about the show and all of our hosts, visit our website at www.boundbybookspodcast.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review.